Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. What we have here in New York is a tale of two teams. One going to the playoffs, the other is not. One simply went about their business this season and showed up when it counted. The other did a whole bunch of talking a good game, but when it came time for them to put up, they failed to show up. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. And uh, listen, it ain't no secret who and what I'm talking about. The Giants are in the playoffs. The Jets are not. And, um, you know, you can make a lot of comparisons. But first, let me just start with the Giants. We're talking about a team that really the past five years have been pretty tough. 2017, they were 3-13 and 13 under Ben McAdoo for most of the season, and uh, Steve Spagnuolo took over at the end when McAdoo lost his job. Then Pat Shermer came in. He was 5-11 and 11 in 2018. Four and twelve and nineteen, he was gone. In came Joe Judge. Six and ten in the COVID season. Six and ten, followed by twenty twenty one. Four and thirteen, he was gone. And then in came Brian Dable. And what a breath of fresh air. And. Uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, being my involvement, you know, over the years with the Giants, I'm involved in their big blue kickoff. And for years I did their pre-game shows and post-game shows. And you get to know coaches. And, and when coaches are going through the 3-13s and, and the 5-11s and, and the 4-12s and 6-10s and 4-13s and and as, as McAdoo and Shermer and Judge did, it becomes tough to watch because basically, you know what you're watching? You're watching men who you get friendly with, you get to know, get to know some of their families, and you know basically they're walking to the gallows because when it goes bad, like I've said many times before, New York is just the best, best place in the world to win. But man, when you lose, it is God awful. Becomes unfair. You know, talk about tar and feathering or, or lynching. That's that's what it's like. It's, it's like a posse coming to get you. So in comes Dable, and he gets everybody to buy in. He gets everybody to buy in. He gets everybody to believe in the process. And you, you, if, if you've ever spoken to a coach, trust me, that, that's as much coach speak as you will always ever hear. Got to believe in the process. You got to stay the course. And that's what his 
Giants did in 2022. Now, this season's not over. There's another regular season game to go, uh, you know, next week, which I'm sure they'll rust a bunch of people because you want to get ready for the playoffs. But it's believing in the process. And listen, th- this giant team got off to a fabulous start. They were 6-1. and one. And then it got a little tougher. Got a little tougher. But they ended up nine, six, and one with a game to go in the playoffs. Okay? So, you know, they went two, five, and one. But they stayed the course, they believed in themselves. That, to me, is the mark of a good coach. He had the guys, not only did he have the guys believing in themselves, but he had the guys believing in in themselves when things weren't at its best. And, And let me tell you, you've heard me say it before this season, but now that they're in the playoffs, it's worth repeating. He was playing with backups to backups. When he got the job, when when listen, Joe Shane was a new general manager. He h- hires Dable. They both come from Buffalo. Okay, and he brings in a guy, and and you have to have a belief that you can do what you want to do, and you have to be able to stay the course. So. Dable comes in, he thought he was going to have, let's see, Kenny Galladay, who was a holdover, an expensive holdover, big big ticket free agent. He thought he was going to have Kadarius Tony. He thought he was going to have uh, uh, um, Sterling Shepard. He thought he was going to have prize rookie uh, Wandell Robinson. Shepard, Robinson, gone with injuries, Kadarius uh, who I was very fond of, but I don't know what happened to him. He, he, I don't think he loves football, so anyway, he gets traded, and Galladay has been a, a, a mess, a no-show. Not, not a no-show that he's not trying. Maybe he lost it all at once. So, so basically, he was playing backups to backups at the receiver's position. Now, what made it extremely more difficult because when Shane and Dable came in, they had to assess and do their due diligence and assess whatever they had, in particular at the quarterback position and in particular at the running back position. In particular, I'm talking about Daniel Jones. In particular, I'm talking about Saquon Barkley. And they got the answers. They got the answers big time from both. Barkley had his best year rushing. And as far as Daniel Jones, I mean, he quieted everybody down. All the naysayers from from the media to the fans to the yahoos on social media. He quieted everybody down. As I said to you 
pretty much from the get-go this season, early on, he was securing his position as the future with the Giants. He, I said a couple of weeks ago he would be the quarterback this year, he would be the quarterback next year, and he's going to be the quarterback after years after that years to come. What a statement Daniel made in the 38-10 win over the Colts. 19-24. 19-24 passes, 177 yards, two touchdowns, 11 rushes, 91 yards, another two touchdowns. He got a standing ovation when he was taken out. A standing ovation. This is a guy, it, it, it was so laughable to me. I, I enjoyed it so much because this is a guy, for lack of a better term, he's been pissed on from the media, from the fans, from everybody. The, the questions were ad nauseum for the last couple of years. Oh, well, you, the looking, you know, the, you know, chances are he won't be back. Maybe Daniel's better off going someplace else because he can't win here. I, I was hearing all that crap. Like I, I needed a barf bag that, you know, that you get on airplanes. It was sickening to have to listen to. But if if ever a guy had to make a statement game, a statement game, Daniel Jones saved the best for his last game. That was the statement. That was the punctuation mark, the exclamation mark on who and what Daniel Jones is as far as the Giants are moving forward. So now it's Daniel Jones' team. It's his team. He is their quarterback. He is their leader. And everybody follows behind. It's Dan's team. As I said in the past, he is Dan the man. I mean, for this Giants team to be a playoff team in this Dable's first year is remarkable. Now, the reason, you know, in my opening when I was talking about going about their business quietly, he would, Brian Dable would not allow the word playoffs to come out of his mouth. Every week was, we got to be 1-0. Every week was, we got to be 1-0. And you could see, because I'm there every day, you could see the media getting pissed off. You know, this was bland, this was boring. They wanted him to say, we got to make the place, we got to do this, we got to do that. But the bigger thing was, he didn't allow his players to chirp about playoffs. They all bought in to Brian Dable's way. They went about their business, you know, the old Giants coach, Tom Coughlin, you know what his slogan was? Talk is cheap, play the game. These Giants weren't talkers this year. They played the game. That's it. You know, just saying it now as it comes out of my mouth. They didn't do a lot of talking. They simply played the game. I mean, that that capsules everything about the 2022 Giants. 
And that was Brian Dable. That is Brian Dable. That is the Giants' way this year, this season. So now with one game to go, they've solidified. They'll be the sixth seed in the postseason. They're in. They got things solidified. They know where they're going. They got a head coach. They got a field general, a young field general, who in the biggest market took all the slings and arrows and darts and shots in the back, took everything, sucker punches, and came out standing tall. That is Daniel Jones. Now, on the flip side... On the flip side, you see, folks, you got the Jets. And and believe me, I love to be sitting here talking about two teams going to the postseason, the Giants and the Jets. Two teams going to the postseason. And and listen, I'll be right up front about it. I grew up a big-time Jets fan. Joe Namath, Joe Willie White Shoes, he was my guy. I remember that Super Bowl season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that long ago Super Bowl season of 69, I remember it well. I remember being at Old Shea Stadium in a freezing cold day when they beat the, the Oakland Raiders. 20, well, I think it was 27-23. Yeah, I, I remember it like yesterday. Unfortunately, a lot of fans remember it too, or they always hear about it because that that's their one and only Super Bowl appearance. But I don't know what it is with the Jets. I don't know what it is with the Jets fans. I don't know what it is with a lot of the media who cover the Jets. I don't know what it is with a lot of people on talk radio But I thought this year was silly. And again, folks, I'm reiterating it now. You heard me talk about it earlier. I mean, I was hearing things when this team was six and three and seven and four. Why not? Why can't this be a uh, a Super Bowl team? I almost drove off the road when I heard that. Why can't this be a Super Bowl team? And I remember the con- the comment was, well, look at the look at Cincinnati, the Bengals last season. You know, they they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they lost, but yeah. Let's slow down a second. They went to the Super Bowl, those Cincinnati Bengals, with a quarterback, Joe Burrows. Quarterback Joe, think about it. You're going to tell me that the Jets have somebody in that quality? Really? So you went through a season, but then they go, uh, they were six and three, then seven and four. All right? Then they make a decision that um, after they lost that game, to the Patriots, 10-3, and they put it all on, on Zach Wilson's shoulders. Who, he did have a bad game. 
Then they make the quarterback change. And and they spoke of Mike White. Mike effing White. That's not me. That's how the Jets, their own players like to call him. Yeah, Mike effing White. They had t-shirts made, Mike effing White. All of a sudden, Mike effing White was Johnny effing Unitas. Was Peyton effing Manning? Was John effing Elway? What are we talking about here? And you've heard me say this before. So, I I don't want to just go over everything about the drama, what they pulled with, with the quarterback and Zach Wilson. But I will tell you this. I watched... Mike White today. Now, now Mike White. Mike White got himself clearance because of his ribs. You know, he he had been hurt, so he, he he got clearance to play. I don't care. I don't give a rat's ass who cleared him to play. He shouldn't have played today. And all you had to do was watch the game. So shame on the entire Jets organization. Not only have they destroyed the confidence, completely destroyed the confidence of Zach Wilson, who was their number one pick a year ago, number two overall. I don't, I don't, you know, Sal is saying, well, you know, we're going to do our best to help him and, and be back. Well, you know what? Salah needs to, to do their best because let me tell you, Mike White is not the answer. And it's not because they lost today. Mike White is Mike White because he's Mike White. But this guy was not in shape to play today. And as a head coach, he was put in harm's way. For lack of a better term, Mike White stunk the joint out. Now, he wasn't the only one who stunk to join out because they all did. The receivers, everybody. They talk about Garrett Wilson, very good chance that Garrett Wilson's going to be the offensive player of the year. Offensive, excuse me, rookie of the year. He wasn't playing like that today. But Mike White's passes were floating you could tell. Now, I think part of the problem was they built this guy up for all kinds of expectations. First of all, he had that great game when the switch was made. He had that great game um, against the Bears. I And I, you've heard me say it. It was a setup game. He was like, what was he, 22 of 28? with 315 yards and three touchdowns. And believe me, that was a Bears team that was completely decimated on defense by injuries. All three of his touchdown passes, you or me could have caught them because they were wide open. But then in the next games, he loses to the Vikings. Yeah, the score was nice. It was 27-22, but they were playing from behind. I think it was 20... um, maybe 20 to 3 at one point then you know same deal with the bills yeah the score is close 20 to 12 they were manhandled 
really both those games. So he was one and two going into today for this season. He was 23 of 46 for two inter- with two interceptions, no touchdowns. So he's one and three. You ready to hand the reins? The con- you want him at the Jets' controls for their future? It ain't happening. Right now, the Jets are in a... They're, they're like... They're, they're a team out of control. Who's piloting this team? It was a complete disaster against the Seahawks. With everything on the line, they needed... They knew... After stinking to join out and losing four games in a row, they lose their fifth one to the Seahawks. They've lost six out of the last six out of the last seven. I I mean, are you kidding me? And you want to put Mike White at the controls? And and I got to tell you something. Forget just Mike White. What is Robert Sala thinking? What was the entire organization thinking? Because he was, if you're going to, if everybody's going to show big balls and, and criticize Zach Wilson time and time and time again for looking like this and looking like that, well, Mike White looked like crap against the Seahawks. Crap. To Mike White's credit, he basically pretty much said that afterwards. He was saying his teammates deserve better. Mike White deserved better. He should not have been put in that position. He was in no position to be the quarterback. He looked like... I don't know what he looked like, but he just... He looked bad. That's probably the best thing I can say. He looked bad. There was no oomph on his passes. They were floating. Plus, at the end of the game, I mean, he's still in there. The game's out of reach. Salah's got him in there. The the, the Seahawks on front line has got their chin straps on, their ears pinned back, and they're coming hard. He's lucky he didn't get killed today. Mike White. Shame, shame, shame on the entire Jets organization. When I say the organization, the hierarchy. Front office, GMs, head coach, everybody. How they could have made an assessment. How they could have made an assessment watching Mike White thinking that this guy was going to save your season. They knew going into these games they had to win. If the stinking to join out, as I was saying before, losing four in a row, they got a break last week with other teams involved. So now they needed some help. They needed to help. number one. They needed the Patriots to lose one of their last two games. Well, Patriots did not uh, comply because they won. They beat the um, Dolphins this weekend. And, of course, didn't matter what the Patriots did once, um, you know, uh, the Jets lost. 
but it was all there in front of him. Mike White had no business being on that field take, calling signals. It was stupid. And all we were hearing, my goodness, going into this game, Mike White, his toughness, it resonates in the locker room. Mike White, the players feed off Mike White. Feed off Mike White? Where was the feeding today? Looked like a, a team starving. And now their season is over. So as I said, to open the show, you had one team going about their business, Very businesslike, and when it came time to uh, take care of business, they showed up when it counted. The other, those being the Jets, did a whole bunch of talking. Oh, we're this, we're that. They were talking about their defense as being perhaps, you would think they were talking about the 85 Bears. Yeah, the Bears of the Midway, that team. Really? This vaunted defense. How about the defense? You know what Seattle had, what the Seahawks had against them? Almost 200 yards rushing. I think it was like 198 yards. Uh, Kenny Walker, Kenneth Walker, whatever they call him, 133 yards. Are you kidding me? But Zach Wilson was the be-all to end-all when it came time to blame somebody. It was all about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is now getting uh, terrible. Well, you know what? They better bust their ass and pray to God that Zach Wilson, that they can fix him and fix his head because they destroyed the guy's confidence. And, and again, I'm not a Zach Wilson fan. But if you saw what I saw today, if you watch that and you come away thinking Mike White is your future, then I will tell you this, folks. Your future is very bleak. As for the, the Giants, basically... They can rest up next week. They're going to play the Eagles, which it's, it's interesting because now the it counts to the Eagles after the Eagles lost. So um, now what the Eagles need to do, uh, the Eagles need to win. Otherwise, they can they can blow the division. But the Giants, they can take it easy next week, which I'm sure they will. Uh, rest up the battered and bruised. No sense risking somebody in a game that doesn't count at all. Maybe gets a little work in and then get ready for the postseason. The Jets, meanwhile, they play Miami. They Then they get ready to go golfing or do whatever the hell they want to do. But one thing they all should do is think about what happened this season. And they ought to remember... You know, take a page from the old uh, Jets coach, Tom Coughlin. Talk is cheap. Just play the game.
And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. You can do it on Facebook. You can check out my website at russsalzberg.com. Got to thank my home here at Believe.com because, as I tell you each and every week, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. But above all, as always, got to thank you, the people out there, because without you, the people out there, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. I hope it's been a wonderful, uh, happy new year as we are now into 2023. And as we continue in 2023, I want to remind all of you, as I do each and every week, this isn't the only place you can hear what I have to say. Because if you download the Yes app, that's the Yes app of the Yes Network. Um, I've been doing it for like three months now, two months, whatever it is. Um, Just download the Yes app and you can see me on my video podcast each and every week. Same deal. Get a load of this. But until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to each and every one of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Once again, Happy New Year, and I'll be talking to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.